Welcome to Menu Stories, a podcast where we get to know the stories about the people and restaurants behind the food we love. I'm your host, Rebecca Goberstein. Today, we get to know a local legend and modern Renaissance man, Angelo Garo of Omnivore Salt. Garo hails from Sicily and grew up hunting, foraging, and cooking with a straightforward seasoning style that he learned from his grandmother. Though he's a blacksmith and metalwork artist by trade, he started creating omnivore salt when Kickstarter gave him the opportunity to take his popular homemade seasoning mixtures to the masses. His curiosity and desire to create has made him close with other well-known artists and creators, like Werner Herzog, who produced his Kickstarter video, Michael Pollan, who learned how to hunt from Garo for his book, The Omnivore's Dilemma, and Alice Waters, the world-renowned chef behind the Bay Area's Chez Pennies, who we learn goes nowhere without a packet of omnivore salt. With the help of his team, including Veronica Ronke, a fellow Italian who also joins us for this interview, Garo is making it easy to bring a taste of Sicily to any otherwise regular home-cooked meal. When I went to Switzerland, my grandmother, you know, I said, Grandma, how am I going to do without your food? You know, she said, well, you just need red pepper, wild pepper, salt, and black pepper, and you can almost cook anything. <laughs> and that stuck in my head. Let's have a listen. metalwork on the walls, there's cappuccino brewing, there's a fire roasting, crackling into an open air kind of part of the Renaissance Forge. So this is, I feel like I've stepped into a time zone here. This is amazing. And we are here with Angelo Garo and Veronica Ronke of Omnivore Salts. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> My pleasure. In your own words, can you describe Omnivore Salts and even the forge and your role? Uh, well, you know, the forge, it's a place of, uh, of meeting communities, friends, and work, and creativity. So, you know, the forge, it's, I mean, the omnivore, it's uh, so exciting right now. We are also excited about this, this business because, A, it's a necessity because if you go out there, there's not too many organic stuff out there, spices. So you buy organic chicken, you buy organic meats, and then you go to many stores in the Bay Area and you don't see too many product or spiced uh, salt in organic. Because of that, uh, we started this, this business of omnivore. Try to have really fresh product, really controlled environment product and, and organic, and in Europe there's a biologic, you know. Is that how yeah, you say it? That's yeah. organic. Biologic, yeah. Biologic. So, you know, and of course, you know, everything we uh, do here, you know, it's like learning every day something new because none of us are uh, business people. You know, iron work, I had one or two clients a year. Now I have hundreds of people, <laughs> you know, and, and try to identify what do they like and what do they, you know, expect from us. It's a, it's a challenge daily. Yeah, and I should say that Omnivore is not just a company, it's a, it's a lifestyle. That's why you're still here, is, is the idea of community and the possibility of sharing our culinary knowledges, Angelo's culinary knowledges, but also mine and Beth. We come from Italy, she has mm -hmm. Italian 
heritage as well. And we want to inspire people to cook more and to spend more time around their tables and spend more time with their family. And and this is what the forage is. And this well, is what omnivore is. Well said. Totally yeah. well said. It's, a, it's also at the same time, it's almost an incubator of food ideas because, you know, Veronica cooks and make dishes and makes recipe with uh, simple, you know, like avocados and, and salads and stuff. And, and Beth is the same. She makes great salad for lunch and we all kind of contribute in cooking something, you yeah. know. So it's, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I can't say uh, anything better than that. <laughs> and it's also, I think, very interesting for me that we are not really looking forward like new food trends or we are not organic because we want to follow the food trend. We are not using local mm, uh, products and we are not uh, working with local co-packers because it's a food trend. This is what we are. This is where we come from. I grew up eating produce from my backyard and those were organic, but not because it was fancy to eat organic. It's just because that's what food should be. And I don't know, when I met Angelo five, six years ago, it brought me back to what the idea of food and nourishment should be. And, and again, community and lifestyle and everything. But that's, it's just to go back to very basic and simple things, to a normal lifestyle, back to a normal to taste. That's, yeah. that's what we are. Yeah. Yeah. I like well the, said, well said, yeah. The origin of, of slow food is really just how we all used to yeah. eat. Right. Yeah. Hundreds of years ago. <laughs> yeah, and someone and had to create a code and explain yeah. it to the rest of the world, Petrini, but it's in the fact way we grew up. Yeah, in fact, you know, when I came to California 31 years ago, everybody kind of sort of began to talk organic, this, that, and I said, what's that? Because <laughs> yeah. it didn't occur to me because my grandmother used, uh, you know, sheep manure to the garden and everything was done uh, using what they had. They didn't have you know, money to spend on chemicals and, and spray fields and, uh, you know, to make better crop or not, you know. They, yeah. they use what they had. Right. You know, yeah, and so let's say that we're making products that are going to make our grandmothers proud. That's yeah. that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> in, yeah. a, in a very indirect way, yeah. you know, it's true. Yeah. yeah. And that's even, I think, the closing line of Michael Pollan's book, The Omnivore's Dilemma, and right. uh, you played a big role in that book, Angelo. You were part of the last section of the book where you actually took him on a boar hunt, right? Yeah. So how... Um, if we can kind of step back, because you have a such a wide and broad background across metalwork and food. Yeah. How how did you get into metalwork, and how did that transition into well, food? Uh, uh, yeah, metalwork. You know, it's about um, it's about curiosity. You know, uh, I was taking night classes in Zurich Art Art Institute in, in you know Winterthur. And the school took us to a field trip to a blacksmith shop because I immigrated from Sicily to Switzerland when I was 18. So when I got there, you know, I saw all this opportunity. So, and I worked during the day. I don't know, I think I, I drove a forklift in a beverage company. But <laughs> right away, I enrolled in the art school because I loved the art, you know. And, and so we took this field trip to the blacksmith shop. And I fell in love with this guy. He was restoring a medieval church, making all the locks and making all the, you know, inches for the doors. And 
So I fell in love with him. I said, look, I, I need to come here and apprentice with you. So, you know, after two or three months that I bugged him, he said, okay, you'll be my last one because I'm almost uh, 67 and, and I don't want to take anybody on. So I stayed with him uh, two and a half years, three years, I think, and uh, he gave me a strong base, a strong base that then, uh, you know, I followed um, to Canada a girlfriend and I opened my black the first blackness shop in Canada. Then um, we uh, sort of, uh, she went back to Switzerland and I went to stay in Canada and I met my ex-wife and that's the way I came to San Francisco because she's an American citizen. So that's the way it happened. And now I've been here 31 years. So you've been here for 31 years doing metal work this whole time. Right. What got you into food and hunting, and how did you sort of become known for that? Well, that, that I go back to Sicily <laughs> for that, you know, because uh, th when I was uh, little, my, my father took me uh, uh, hunting. Uh, we used to hunt for... Uh, rabbit and, and patridge, you know, uh, in Sicily. And so uh, that goes back to that. And then when I went to Switzerland, my grandmother, you know, I said, Grandma, and my mother too, I said, Ma, you know, I, how are we going to do without your food? You know, I said, well, you just need red pepper, wild fero, salt, and black pepper, and you can almost cook anything. <laughs> And that stuck in my head yeah. for many, many, many years. So when I came, uh, I used to already mix my stuff in Canada, you know, for cooking myself, those ingredients. Yeah, so salt, red pepper, black, black pepper, pepper, wild fennel. Yeah, and a red pepper. And red pepper, red yeah. A flaky yeah. uh, pepperoncino uh, or crushed red pepper. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I came to San Francisco, I did a lot of cooking with whole pig with uh, for fundraiser for good causes, including uh, for Alice, Edible Schoolyard, and, uh, and things like that. So, uh, and I made this mix that is inspired by my grandmother. You know, this mix that we just talked about it, and and I found it worked very very well. And people always ask me, "Wow, it tastes so good!" You know, I said, "What did you put?" So I would explain the salt and I give it to them and so all for this for almost uh, 30 years I've been giving away mm -hmm. doing in batches here in the kitchen and give it for Christmas for you know any holiday and my friend always came and said hey I ran out of salt you know so <laughs> so and uh, as Werner says in the movie I don't have to steal it now I can <laughs> go into the market and buy it you know so uh, so that's the way it came about and then you know uh, the Kickstarter platform came about, and I said, well, why not to, you know, put it into commercial way to share with the rest of the world, you know? So, but of course, you know, it's challenging and it's hard every day because it has nothing to do with metal work, you <laughs> know? But uh, thanks to Veronica and Beth and, and pushing here and pushing there, we sort of are in you know, 250 stores all across the country. So yeah. And we don't hardly have salt anymore, so it's... So we have, we started with one product, but we have four products on the market and two more on the drawing, drawing board, they call yeah. it, you know. 
ready to be produced. So what was the what was the kind of inflection point where you decided that it was time to really turn this into a business? Was it bef- it was with the Kickstarter or was it already kind of starting to be something no, that you no, were off to? It was it was it was really the inspiration came with the Kickstarter because I, I don't think I would have uh, done a, a company with you know on more yeah. without Kickstarter. You know that First of all, I found the idea was fantastic. Wow, this is so modern. <laughs> and because again, my curiosity, it's so amazing that you don't have to go to the bank to <laughs> borrow money and then you pay the bank. This is because people love your product. Yeah. And and if you actually raise the money, you raise the money. If you don't raise the money, you just go and take a take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> But even Kickstarter, you were not expecting it to be that successful. It no. was, it was, you no. were aiming for thirty thousand, and then money started coming in, and <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh my gosh! And now, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, yeah you know, it was like, uh, you know, it was so uh, exhilarating because I was in Telluride, and my friend from New York, Stuart Wallace, a composer, says, "Hey, listen." Uh, did you look at your Kickstarter? You know, you've been chosen a, a staff picks, you know? So no, I said, I don't know. At the same time, a, a staff pick, I think, was uh, Spike Lee for a movie, you know, same you know, same page, you know, Spike Lee a movie, <laughs> you know? And, and so, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, just like $20, $50, $20, you, within an hour, we went to 100000 few hours three or five three hours and so and everybody was talking in in uh, in Telluride because I was cooking with Alice mushroom and pasta and salad for all the director in Europe so I always kept one day to go mushroom in there we found hundred pounds of mushroom you know porcini you know in so Telluride we, we cooked and everybody said so what's the kickstarter and and there were even a few people there that they said, I want to buy something. I said, well, there's a, there's a dinner left if you want to buy that. And so I said, okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> it was I also think know. that your, the, the Omnivore campaign was the first one narrated by a movie director. I think that Werner. Yeah, that's that, right. Yeah, it was the. Well, it was, uh, you know, in fact, you know, uh, when, when this was happening in Telluride, across the people were blogging it. And across the country, there was a newspaper in New York said, "If you want to be successful, have Werner Herzog narrate <laughs> your movie." You know, so it was like it went like a flash. Right. You so how how did you even get to know him at this point? Like, were you working on? You know, I met him about worker? 18 years ago. Uh, we were in a restaurant opening, uh, and and he was there, and he was sitting next to me, and. We started to talk, and we start, you know, we talk about food. We talk about, you know, uh, the difference between European food and uh, American food. And then I said, "Look, I'm cooking a pig two days from now, <laughs> and it's a boar." I said, "If you like, uh, you and your wife Lena, if you like to come, uh, I would love to have you." You know, and, and they showed up, and then Amazing. of course they they came to the porch. They had the same reaction that you had. <laughs> it looks like stepping. To Europe, yeah, it feels like a little bit like Europe, you know. Yeah. So for them, they felt totally comfortable home, and that was the beginning of a great relationship. That's amazing. Yeah. 
yeah, and um, and because you also, I mean, you've gotten to know and work with some really, um, and you yourself have become uh, these sort of iconic people in the food industry here in the Bay Area, especially like Alex Waters and mm-hmm. Michael Pollan. Um, did you just get to know them through the your pig cooking and mm-hmm. kind of the the feasts mm-hmm. that you would put together, or how did you? Well, you know, the thing is, again, it goes back to curiosity and learning. I learn. I'm learning constantly, you know, with them, with the friend. Uh, They learn from me. I learn from them, you know. So it's almost an incredible exchange that used to happen only in ancient market in the Middle East, in in Sicily, in the world, you know, where people got together, exchange idea, you know. I was approached uh, by uh, I was approached by Michael Pollan. Alice uh, Waters introduced us, you know, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm writing a book, and uh, there is a part which is foraging, and would you be interested?" I said, "Yeah, sure," you know. So that's the way the relationship started, and then we are we're still great friends, and we share a lot of uh, interesting uh, evenings and meals, and and it's you know. It's fantastic because you learn constantly from from each other. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, this area too. Is but also they inspire you to be better, you know. And uh, I feel that I'm richer that to have all these people around that, that feed me idea, you know, or get the, get some idea by just talking to them and sharing. You always think about them that you don't need much as long as it's good and organic, you know. Inevitably, uh, you know, for many reasons, you always think about daily for all the friends you have, you know, for one reason or another, they're on your mind, and that's the beauty, you know, they're on your mind, even if it's for one split second or something that you associate with them, you know, yeah. and that's, I think, the magic of, of uh, life and love. I mean, it's, it, it's, I think that gives uh, sort of legitimacy for us to be alive. Because if you don't have all that, I don't think you, it's uh, unnecessary to be even living or going on, really. It gives you a good reason to go on, love and friendship. So how, how, did, uh, how did you and Veronica and Beth meet, and how did, how did sort of the yeah. beginnings of Omnivore well, get I met, started? Well, I met Veronica through... Uh, Marriage. I mean, not my, not my <laughs> not marriage. Not our marriage. <laughs> no, no, but I, I, I had a friend, uh, Dario Barbone. Well, you interviewed him yeah. 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 weeks ago. Yeah, for buy buy a pasta. pasta. And uh, I met Dario through Renato. Yes. Renato at the Renato House and, and uh, Anya Fernald. And then uh, before I knew, he was getting married to Veronica. <laughs> you are know? like a big, so big family. Actually, buy a pasta started here. No, yeah, at the board, that machine there. I think that so I that's why I was saying incubator. You know, this yeah. is really what huh. what's so beautiful. We share ideas and things happen. You know, and so we started there, and they would be the first one to tell you. But we had fun. We we, we you know, made recipes and made possibility. Now, of course, they moved to a, a beautiful, elegant uh, level of, uh, <laughs> you know, which is you know that's what what's. Uh, what's so beautiful about it, you know, yeah. and, and so, yeah, so I met Veronica and actually. We met during you, your you interview know. when Eddie was, Sal- uh, Salvi was here. We yeah. met that night. Yeah, yeah. He, Angelis on Edible Salvi. 
the book. In the book. Uh, the book and book. that night, it was my first night in San Francisco, and Daria said, you have to meet this person. And I couldn't speak any English five years ago, and so I was really looking for words, someone capable of understanding me. <laughs> and it's, oh, we have to go to yeah. Angelo's. And we happened to be here that night during the yeah. interview, and we had this amazing Lunch. dinner with John Monk. Well, yeah. And I still have a picture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And John came with so many mushrooms. Yeah, and yeah. I know. It, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was actually Chantrel season. Yes. Oh my gosh! It was. Uh, it was perfect. You know, Veronica came in and fit right in. She she fit right into the situation wherever it might be. You know, and so there was no. I made an uh, apple cake that night. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> Remember it was. Now? Like, it was uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And <laughs> So and and very quickly, of course, it, within a year, she learned perfect English. You know, so sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's love, yeah. right? I had to be here, and I moved here. So I d I don't actually remember how. I mean, you were working for Baya Pasta, and then and then. I you was working. Well, you s you guys told me from Baya, <laughs> pretty told, much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, whatever, you know. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know how it happens, but uh, you know, pretty quickly Veronica came with us and, and started to. Be I I came here to help you fulfilling the Kickstarter campaign because you guys were freaking out because of the numbers of orders. Oh yeah, we <laughs> and, were. And yeah, Beth called yeah. me oh saying, my gosh, "Oh my yeah, gosh, that please was come!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then at the end of the night, they said, "Can you please start working for us?" I said, "Maybe." And <laughs> no, you know, in the Kickstarter was very hard at the time because they were also try to solve little hangs up and things because yeah. people didn't uh, fill up all the right address, the surveys, the, yeah. the surveys right. yeah. because people get, uh, you know, when you say survey, you know, ah, I, I, I don't want to, you know, because people, I don't want to say anything about myself, you know, because they think that they have to disclose something, you yeah. know, personal. We just need the address to send the stuff. <laughs> send <Yeah>. your salt. <laughs> so, yeah. Just need your salt, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we need to get your salt. Uh, so, yeah. you know, so that's the way it became all this happened. You're yeah. like a diverse family yeah. here at this point. <laughs> yeah. This is Rebecca Goberstein, and you're listening to Menu Stories, a podcast where we get to know the stories about the people and restaurants behind the food we love. We'll be right back with Angelo Garo and Veronica Ronke of Omnivore Salt. So, what's the what, how would you how would you describe Omnivore um, today? You said it started with this sort of salt mixture, and what's sort of the process today, and where's the focus well, going forward? We, we aim to, I don't want to say change, but at least improve a category that doesn't really offer transparent production practices, condiments. Mm -hmm. uh, we are in 2016 and you go to fancy restaurants with amazing food and you still have very cheap uh, hot sauces and ketchups and I mean, come on, the food revolution is still happening, but no one is thinking about condiments and seasonings. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, and yeah. I, I think that everything started out of a, a need almost. Uh, there's so much going on in supermarkets and on supermarket shelves. And, and we said, you know what? We want something that is going to be versatile, super simple, three ingredients. It's going to work with everything. Yeah, in and fact, this one, you know, the, the, more, the more time goes by, we found out it's perfect on 
on everything. A little drip <laughs> on the eggs in the morning. Yeah, eggs, Sicilia, you know? Sicilia. Or yeah. you can you can put it in soups and brighten it up. Like, you know, uh, I, I used to cook. Alice likes to make you know clam soup. And one night we were at her house, and she said, "Oh, you know, maybe put a little spoon of this and just you know in the in the clam soup." And it, it was like. What's the what's the lamnabar? Oh, uh, there is a uh, there is a balsamic vinegar. There is olive oil, ancho pepper, and uh, ancho and peppers, uh, which tomatoes. is totally you know from Mexico. The the dry ancho pepper. Mm -hmm. There's tomato. There is uh, olive oil, like olive virgin oil, olive oil, and, and garlic, and, and that's it. And uh, you know, it's sweet and savory is is everything. And I don't want to say that we want to inspire a change in production practices, but we want. Yeah, and and it's just to go back to simplicity. What we were saying before, yeah. it's it's we don't want to be fancy. We want just to make something that people can use and cook with, something simple, so you don't have to think about mixing your own ingredients. You just season with this. You cook every day. You spend time with your family, and and again, that's what we were talking about before. Is the forge is almost like a reflection of what. Our background is coming from Italy, traditions, very simple ingredients. That's what it is. How did you come up with um, omnivore Sicilia? Is that like a paste? Well, omnivore Sicilia, you know, the, the, the flavor, the taste are totally Mediterranean, in exception, of course, with ancho pepper, it's very California, you yeah. know. But uh, the rest, it's, you know, like, uh, you know, olive oil, tomato, and uh, balsamic. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very feminine in this part of the country, you know. And so, uh, I wanted something that tastes good on land and, 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 and steak, mm -hmm. you know. But also, you can do a wok dish and put a spoon of this, and it tastes good. Right. So, uh, I just can't help it that it's good for <laughs> everything you cook, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it's, it's a cooking yeah. base. It's something that I'm not sure you really have here in the U.S. A cooking base works with everything, and that's what yeah. we, again, use in Italy. It's, it's a mix of very good ingredients, it's a little base. sweetness. It's, it is a paste, but it's very concentrated it's almost flavor. Like yeah, it's, it's almost when you do, like, sofrito. This is yeah, like a must. Yeah, it's almost like a sofrito, yeah. So mm -hmm. if you put in sofrito, which is uh, celery, uh, garlic, and it's uh, 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 onions and carrots, mm -hmm. And then you put a spoon of this, you know, it just like brightens the whole thing up, yeah. you know, whatever you cook. You know. yeah. And it's, it takes one day to make one jar of this. Wow. So what so we're doing yeah. here is micro batches, uh, very small productions, because you taste it. Yeah. You taste the difference in quality and flavors and everything. Once people taste it, they buy it again <laughs> and again, because <laughs> it's really good, you know. So do you, how do you process the actual salt and the peppers, or do you just source we that from? We have co-packers. Uh, we, we, of course, we have a co-packers. We don't package here at the yeah, forge. Yeah. Um, uh, the salts are made in micro and small batches as well. We found these very small family companies, like all the companies and the co-packers that we're working with. Mm -hmm. They're two brothers, I think, right? Western uh, Innovations are two brothers. I, I, I'm yeah. not sure, I, I, but I, I, I think yeah, you're right. They're I related. Might be right, you know. And they mostly deal with bright stuff, and it took so much time to find copackers willing to deal with us because it's like the hot sauce or Sicilia, everything is made from scratch, from real tomatoes, real yeah. onions. So you need to chop those onions, and you right. need to peel those tomatoes, and it takes time, and yeah. no yeah. one wants to do it. No one wants to. So it took us like six months to find a co-packer 
uh, capable of making a hot sauce that is made of real produce because right now they're pretty much all made of like a paste or powder and mm-hmm. water and vinegar and that's yeah. it and we didn't want to do that but also you know when you start a small little business you know it's important that uh, there's a lot of uh, co-packing company that you have to order a minimum of 50,000 units I mean we, we couldn't afford to start 50,000 units so it's nice that they can make small batch to start you know but it's a struggle in in uh, right now in the food industry there's definitely a big need of small more people doing more sp- people doing organic small, yeah. because oh. there's not too many people doing organic and small batches and small batches yeah. Yeah. because you know I mean if they close we, we can we cannot yeah. produce the sauce so you said co-packers so for people who aren't familiar with that those are the They're industrial kitchens well what they what they do is you give the recipe they sign a non-disclosure they make a test batch you approve it or and then 20. they go ahead <laughs> yeah and they and you approve it and then they go ahead and do it got it and then I gi- and then I give a batch, a small sample for months before we decide. So make some kind of survey, you know. Say, oh, that's great, yeah. I love it, you know. And so, um, you know, we usually wait about a year by making small batch and give it away to friends and family and taste it and and use it. These are products that go literally across any kind of cuisines. Mm-hmm. They of course are Mediterranean because that's who we are, but they are super versatile and very easy to use and, and that's what we are trying to, you know, do with our friends. We ask them for feedbacks and how did you cook with that? Oh, what should we should we add a little sweetness or oh we have like twenty, thirty people testing our stuff daily mm. for free and mm. they're very happy. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I'm sure they're <laughs> yeah. a tough job to yeah. taste the delicious <laughs> seasonings. Well we started with some I mean, we, 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 we did a couple of bad experiments <laughs> and they had to take them, yeah. Yeah. Do you still, uh, Angela, do you still go hunting on a regular basis and foraging? And uh, you know, you know uh, lately not too much, but, uh, you know, I, I go, yeah. When, when, when the weather is right, you know, when it rains, you know. So it's... Uh, yeah, I used to be more regular, and now it seems that I have less time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's 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 uh, it's a challenge, you know, to find, find time. You went with Eduardo yeah. last yeah, week. Yeah, I went uh, with uh, with an Italian young man here that uh, you know from Sergio, experience and uh, also in, in Sergio How does uh, the foraging and the hunting influence what you bring to omnivore and vice versa? I say quite a deal, you know, because, you know, when you have uh, wild meat, uh, you have to find a way how to make it taste good, you know, and do tenders and, you know. So so now, do you, how do you balance um, kind of your, your blacksmith work and your metal work with the Food well, you know, I've been uh, I've been taking a little sabbatical, <laughs> so that I can focus more on making uh, making the tool for the omnivore. You know, I yeah. make the stand for the camera. And the <laughs> yeah, I'm very proud of it. <laughs> Last night I made a little attachment for the tripod, so I could put the high phone there. You know, so I could take quick one minute picture for the fire and or cooking in the fire. Yeah. Know. So the focus now is mostly yeah. on, yeah. on omnivore and 
What's your what's your kind of day to day now then? Well, um, day to day is that Veronica does all the correspondence and and post the things and then uh, answer all the emails to the customer. They have a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. uh, then at, at some point we do the fulfillment. Uh, you know, it's kind of a all the job overlaps, but I help where there is help to be given, you know, and uh, now that we have uh, Beth away, it's kind of uh, a little harder, of course, you know, but we're, we're doing it. Yeah. And we cook every day. Yeah. We yeah. cook <laughs> every <laughs> Multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's and always and something on the stove uh, boiling. And then Veronica take a picture and post it. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. doesn't sound so bad. No, no, <laughs> we, no, we, li we love it. I mean, it's, it's a good life. I mean, imagine if you have to sit on a computer, you know, eight to, to five or nine to five, you know, that, uh, here we can see the sunlight coming through the, we actually had to put a cover on the roof <laughs> because it's hot here. Yeah. If the sun is out. Yeah. So you couldn't even eat lunch. It was so hot. Yeah. So I, I put a little, uh, sort of fiberglass uh, cover. So what's your advice to people who are using uh, your salts and, and seasoning? Um, use it a lot <laughs> every day. Uh, <laughs> use it for shower. <laughs> and also, you can have a bath salt. <laughs> Instead of buying Epsom salt, you know, it's good for your skin, the pepper. <laughs> it, pour, it opens all your pores. <laughs> and I sure. think you'll be young forever. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, serious, that at home, no right? seriously, I think, <laughs> I think uh, all the people that tried it, uh, they, they uh, love it, mm -hmm. and, they s and they said so, because they, they write us, you know, they write us uh, every day almost, saying, I can't cook without your salt, you yeah. know, it's a great product, thank you for doing it, you know. No, the advice is cook more, because we already, we've done all the job, we mix everything for you, so you just need to season it, so just cook, cook yeah. more, because it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is, that's the advice. But also to entice to sit down at the table and eat with your friend and cook a meal, you know? Yeah. So, because it's worth it. Yeah. And now we don't have to have uh, pepper, salt, it's all there done for you, right. you know, just use it. One of the people that um, is a big fan is Alice Waters from Chez Panisse, which is, you know, a small... She said that she doesn't leave home without it. Yeah. She, she said that she me. always has a tiny bag in her pocket. Yeah. Or she in her always purse yeah. one day, and it's like, wow! <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Just in case she needs to season yeah. a chicken or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's, what is, what is she... Well, actually, kind of you know, when I go to the restaurant, you know, like, especially Thai food, you know, it's like it always needs a little salt, you know? Yeah. And so it's nice to have a little bag in the pocket. You know, <laughs> just, just in case. Just go like that. You You're know? not going to tell the chef. <laughs> no. Yeah. Know, nobody's looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no one day that I don't use it. I mean, I rub it on a ch chicken, I rub it on, on uh, a steak, or, you know, or even if I make a, a poached eggs, you know, I just put a little bit over it with a little avocado, mm -hmm. and that's breakfast, you know? And um, I can show you how I can do that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's finishing yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. cooking salt, so yeah. you can literally you use can it really use it, any you step know? of your cooking. Yeah. What's yeah. been the most uh, challenging thing about omnivore? Mm. Mm. I know. Not to have enough time every day. Yes. <laughs> yes. And also to go without compromising yes. in quality. 
uh, we really want to stick with what we're doing the way we're doing, but in order to go, there is always a little compromise that you need to accept and you, we don't want to. <laughs> so we're trying to understand how to get bigger and of course sustain organically uh, the, the company uh, without compromising in, in quality and without losing this lifestyle and this community around the forge and this free time to cook and keep, keep, keep experimenting. So uh, that's, that's what it is to me. It's yeah. a passion, so that's why we're here. What's the most rewarding thing? The most rewarding things is your friends. When you cook, you attract a lot of friends, <laughs> you know, and so, and share uh, what you cook and everything. So that's, to me, that's rewarding, you know. If I didn't have omnivore, I'd probably do more iron work, and I would work just by myself every day, <laughs> because yeah. it's, I have one or two clients a year, you know, and normally, are Silicon Valley homeowners, you know. So, and this one opens so much more in terms of uh, relationship, in terms of learning every day, you know. I don't know, I'm a learner. I just love to learn anything and everything. And that's why it's not enough time in a day, you know. Well, thank you both for taking the time to talk today. Sure. My pleasure. We'll look forward to seasoning everything and <laughs> not trying not to take baths with the pepper. That sounds painful. <laughs> but aside from the baths, we'll look yeah. forward to yeah. using it every day. Well, thank you so much. Visit omnivoresalt.com to learn more and be sure to watch our behind the scenes video and view the photos from this episode on our website, menustories.com. On the next episode of Menu Stories, we return to the restaurant-laden Valencia Street and have fun with the team behind West of Pecos, a lively restaurant serving authentic Southwest-style cuisine. Subscribe to Menu Stories on menustories.com so you can get the next episode delivered to your inbox. You can listen on our website, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and be sure to find us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Instagram. Special thanks to Siska Marcus, Menu Stories Assistant Editor and